Welcome to the Still Study Podcast, episode number 23, here on this final day of September. It's actually International Podcasting Day. Again, episode 23, September 30th, 2001. This episode coming to you a bit earlier this week because I had an opportunity to talk with a special guest, a friend of the show who has been on before, the one, the only, Mr. Dave Bryan of Steelers Depot. Dave was very gracious in giving me some time to talk about the Steelers, dig into what is currently happening with the team in terms of Ben Roethlisberger, the passing game, the offensive line, the running game. And I wanted to get this out to you sooner rather than later. So that's why we're coming to you earlier this week on this Thursday, this final day in September. And I'm excited for you to hear the interview. But as always, it's super important to express my gratitude to each and every one of you listeners of the study sessions, listeners of the Still Study Podcasts, readers of my work. It means the world to me, so thank you so much for that. And please continue to share my work with your family and friends as spreading the message of my site helps me to build this site and to make it something that you enjoy and that your friends and family enjoy. So again, my gratitude to all of you. And so my prediction for this week against the Packers won't be coming until later this week, and you're going to find that in a study session this week instead of the Still Study podcast. And more than likely, what will happen is I will have a Saturday edition of the study session, so stay tuned for that. We'll go an extra day. Big contest against the Packers. Steelers are going to have to bring their best effort In order to even stay competitive, playing at Lambeau Field against an elite-level quarterback. It's funny, Aaron Rodgers was on the Pat McAfee show and he was asked about Pittsburgh. And he said, oh, I love the city of Pittsburgh, the blue-collar work ethic. Love Coach Tomlin. He's a guy people want to play for. He even gave a shout-out to Pittsburgh dad and how he just loves the yinzer mentality and there was some scuttlebutt on social media that Rodgers was pandering for this offseason to potentially try to make a push to come come to Pittsburgh now I mean that's a stretch but it's funny it just goes to show some of these things that pop off in social media how things that players say are taken one way and interpreted. But it's going to be a big test for the Steelers, no doubt. Squaring off against Rodgers. Not just an elite-level quarterback, but one of the best quarterbacks of all time to play in the league. So the Steelers definitely have to get ready for that. And so I'm not going to waste any more time. We're going to jump into this interview with Dave Bryan. But we really take a very close look at what's going on with Ben beyond the obvious of the offensive line not protecting long enough. Why is he not attacking the middle of the field? 
I asked the question, is he too unsophisticated in his reads? And the defenses have picked up on that and it's easy for them to defend him. And our discussion is very interesting. And, and again, Dave is super knowledgeable. If you've ever listened to any of his work on The Depot, the terrible podcast with Alex Kazora, you know that. And without any further hesitation, please enjoy this special early edition of the Still Study Podcast and my interview with Dave Bryan. Okay, Still Study. And so we are very, very appreciative today that we have Dave Bryan once again from the Sealers Depot joining us here on the Still Study Podcast. Dave, thank you so much for joining us. Happy uh, Tuesday, it is. Happy Tuesday. Good to be back on. Yeah, and if it was last week, it'd be happy Taco Tuesday with the signing of uh, Taco <laughs> Charlton. But uh, it's not so much a happy Tuesday this week following the loss to the Bengals. Uh, very disappointing. And a lot of people out there in Steelers Nation, a lot of pundits are calling this the worst loss uh, in the last 10, 15 years for the Steelers. Um, but when you look at you know losses back in the Tommy Maddox era, um, against the Houston Texans, 24 to six. It was the first year of the Texans. There were two uh, pick sixes that Maddox threw in that game. In 2016, the Steelers lost to the Eagles, 34 to three. That was Carson Wentz's rookie year. Uh, that was an abysmal performance by the Steelers. And then in 2017, the Steelers dropped one to the Jaguars, 30 to nine, been through five interceptions. So. I guess, Dave, just from a 30,000-foot view, putting this loss into perspective, where does this rank in terms of worst losses of this team? And was it, in fact, the worst loss in the Tomlin era? Oh, no, far far from it. And I I have not even looked at that loss even in – even considered – uh, it kind of in in that realm, if you will. I think you mentioned the Eagles game several years ago there, and that was the one where uh, uh, the Eagles defensive coordinator, I think he's passed away now, uh, uh, Johnson. I forget who the, uh, who, who the defensive coordinator is, but uh, really just made it real, real tough on Ben Roethlisberger that day. And then, you know, you mentioned the uh, the Texans game uh, several years ago where, uh, man, the what they have, what, what did the uh, car have as far as total, <laughs> total pass yeah. yards? And, it's 47 yards of offense that game for the Texans. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that was just abysmal and all like that. No, I mean, look, uh, this is a loss to a, uh, a divisional up and coming divisional team uh, in the Cincinnati Bengals, the one uh, with a lot of young offensive uh, talent. Uh, on on that you know that side of a football, a nice young coach and 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 Zach Taylor there. Uh, this was a Steelers team that went into this game with uh, without uh, their two uh, two of their outside linebackers in T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith. You didn't have wide your 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 arguably your best wide receiver, especially from a route running standpoint in in Deontay Johnson. Uh, I mean, your, your edge rushers there, you know, you have three of them in that game. One of them, Derek Tuska, you just called up from the practice squad. Another one is a, uh, for really a first year player in Jameer Jones getting his first start, not polished at all. Uh, no, uh, far from being the worst loss, uh, especially heck I'm, I'm trying to think when, when actually the last, the last really bad loss really was, I mean, you go back to week one, that was probably the best win of, or top five win of a Mike Tomlin uh, era, especially regular season and, and particularly week one. Uh, but, 
that this is just a loss. I, I, I view it at that way, uh, in that way only. And, and at no point, once again, did I consider this, oh man, I wonder where this ranks as far as maybe worst loss of, uh, of the Tomlin era. Okay. Well, you know, part of that is, uh, you know, big Ben has been struggling these last couple of weeks and there's a lot of talk that he's done. You know, he, he can't play the game anymore, but in terms of physical abilities, I still see that on the field. You know, he's not the player he was at 24 where he can maneuver around the field and hit a big strike, uh, you know, on, on a deep pass, but I still think he has some mobility, not a lot. Trust me, I'm not saying he can move uh, a great deal on the field. He has enough arm strength to get it done. I don't think it's a physical thing with him, but I do. I feel like there is some hesitancy, some tentative, uh, tentativeness with him, and it's it's probably a, a result of that offensive line. But in terms of your assessment of Roethlisberger, these first three games, uh, I know that you you and Alex at the depot, all your guys, uh, really ground your your observations in the tape and what you're seeing um, from an ad- objective perspective. Do you see from his performances on film that there is enough there for him to to turn it around and get this offense back on track, or do you think that uh, this is just going to be a really long season? I have a feeling this is going to end up being a pretty long season here, especially because, look, you, you, you go into this thing, and we have said this uh, on the podcast and, and, and written about it and tweeted about it quite a bit here. Uh, the for, for this 2021 season to, to be a successful season for the Steelers, uh, it, first and foremost, it starts with that offensive line, the retooling of that offensive line, uh, the ability to run the football uh, this year uh, has to go up. I mean, uh, Roethlisberger will be a better quarterback or, or has the ability to still be a serviceable enough quarterback if he has some semblance of a running game and by semblance of running game and him, you know, the fitting his needs, it needs to be one that ha- that can have around a 50% run success rate. Uh, obviously they're far from that. Now, the other aspect of it here, and it's been an aspect for, 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 for several years is uh, Roethlisberger's ability to get, to connect down the football field uh, more than, you know, really more than 15 yards. A deep pass in the NFL is, is is technically defined at 16 air yards past the original line of scrimmage there. Now, a lot of people, a lot of analytics will will will, will say 20 yards or, or, or longer. Okay, go with that. But Roethlisberger has not been not had a, a nice connection rate uh, uh, on on air yard passes of more than 20 yards in several years now. And, uh, you know, and and specifically, you don't see Roethlisberger attack the field for one reason or the other, uh, whether, you know, they haven't been running a lot of cover one beaters into the middle of the field because they've been facing a lot of cover one middle of the field close type situations. So you don't see a lot of deep uh, digs or or deep post or, or, or anything along those lines. Roethlisberger prefers to, to, to take cover one situations, uh, and, 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 and see which side the, the safety is, it might be cheating and then take his chances down the field that way. And even that, even then it, you know, it, it, it's a lot less than 50, 50 proposition when it, when it comes to that kind of stuff. Now, I mean, is his, his connective, uh, rate deep down the field, uh, is not great right now. And, you know, he, he, 
He also does. I mean, he can still throw the. A lot of people can throw the football that far, but a lot of people don't have uh, either the touch or the velocity. He's 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 losing a lot of both, and I think that was kind of evident in the preseason there on one of those deep balls down the middle of the field to uh, to uh, Deontay Johnson, where that ball hung in the air, you know, and and Deontay you know, corrected and, 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 and made the adjustment was able to catch that football there. But, uh, uh, long story short, if, if this team does not quickly, uh, find a way to, you know, uh, correct this running game and you, you don't start seeing, you know, Najee Harris around a 50% run success rate, then it, you, there's no way whatsoever. You can expect Roethlisberger weekend week out to, to drop back and throw 40, 50, 60 times a game, mm-hmm. especially with the amount of hits that he's, he's taken. He's already on pace now to have well over a hundred quarterback hits. And I'll tell you what, that's double than that. The, the amount of hits that he took last season. Yeah. And I guarantee you that he will not reach a hundred quarterback hits this year because he can't take it yeah. uh, uh, that far. He's going to be, if you allow him to get hit 10, seven, 10 or seven times, you know, and especially in the manner that he's taken some of these hits now, it's, it's kind of forced him to get a little gun shy, uh, too, with this, because he is starting to take these hits in the sternum in the peck area and all like that. Uh, it's really taking the impact on him and he's not the quarterback that's going to extend the play out of the pocket anymore. Defenses know that that's why they're not respecting, trying to, to, to make sure to, 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 to uh, protect those 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 escape lanes the way you would with maybe a Lamar Jackson or a Baker Mayfield or or any of these younger quarterbacks nowadays. So uh, a lot of times, what happens is he's he's back there in a sitting duck uh, situation there, and that's why you were seeing now with Roethlisberger. And in fact, this last game, three point three yards uh, average completed air yard distance. You're not going to win football games week in, week out with a completed air yard distance of five yards or less. And, and it's been a while since Roethlisberger has been consistently say back to back games, been able to connect down the field more than let's say six yards on a consistent basis. So if they don't get this running game going, uh, and and if, if the defense can't, you know, win a, a few games, it's, it's, it's going to make for a long season. Mm-hmm. So Dave, just to, to drill down into that a little bit more, I know you mentioned, you know, when he's, he's reading the defense and, and, you know, he's looking at the safety, is it, is it because it's a, he, he's unsophisticated in his reads and his reaction is the same, the same way to attack the defense every time. And the defense is, responded to that after just years of him putting that on tape and he doesn't have the complexity to see the scope of the field. Obviously I know he doesn't have the time, but is it because he's so predictable in how he reads the defense and where he goes with the ball to, to the outside of the field, not the inside that makes it easier for defenses to, to scheme him? Well, too, you know, look at it this way too. They're, they're not, you know, and they haven't done it for, for years now. You know, they, they, they still are using a lot of the same route concepts. You don't see a lot of switch routes on the outside. You're mm-hmm. seeing, uh, you're, you're trying to see them now trying to make a lot of easier, uh, uh, throws for, for Roethlisberger, either quick slants, uh, uh, type situation. They, the, the whole emphasis since Todd Haley has ha- uh, arrived in Pittsburgh several years ago was to, to extend Roethlisberger's career by, you know, forcing him to get the football out because for years, Roethlisberger was that kind of stand back there, gunslinger, uh, uh, you know, uh, of, avoid the pressure, extend the play, mm-hmm. uh, 
throw it to AB 30 yards down the field and AB gets another 30 yards on yeah. top of it, you know, or a situation where you just have so much speed on the outside, like a Mike Wallace or a Plaxico Burris or a Martavis Bryant, where you're just stacking those corners easily uh, on the outside or on post routes uh, back when, they, you know, a lot of teams would, you know, maybe play some more cover too uh, against them in those kind of situations there. Uh, he's not getting the respect right now of two safeties deep right now because because a they're not they're not conflicting the middle of the field safety either you're not seeing uh any kind of route combinations that 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 might take a little time to develop like uh you know uh, a a deep inside dig or, or something where you're putting the middle safety into some sort of conflict uh situation they don't have time for 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 that kind of stuff to uh to to develop right now uh time in a timeout uh look i mean there were instances even in this game against the Bengals where ben missed some throws he threw a hospital ball out to uh chase claypool over to the left side about poor guy that poor guy poor poor kid hurt you know, pretty bad uh, with there. Uh, you look inside the red zone later on in that game there too on con- on kind of a a a a, 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 a corner post route there that should have been a pitch and catch. Now there was pressure up in the middle. There the the Bengals ran a nice little uh, loop and stun on the inside. Kevin Dotson didn't handle it perfectly. Got caught. Uh, uh, and and Ben kind of you know probably had to rush to throw a little bit, but that you know that. Claypool was open in that situation. You got to make those throws. And you also had a, a throw later in that game to James Washington, uh, probably one of the few times this season that you've seen a, a Steelers wide receiver really stack a, a defensive back on the outside uh, in a one-on-one situation. He had three or four yards on that on that corner in that game and, and, and been overthrew him, missed the throw. Yeah. You cannot miss those throws, especially in this offense with the problems that they're having right now. You just cannot miss opportunities like that. And it's becoming kind of a weekly thing uh, with Ben. Now, if the defense starts giving him some short field situations or whatnot, they're able to start running the football. You know, obviously Ben becomes a little bit less predictable because you don't know what's going to happen on a second and four, second and five type situation. It really opens up your playbook as a play caller at at that situation. But they, you know, they don't have any, they're not having chance to get any, any any type of uh, a rhythm like that. And then it becomes a lot of small ball, a lot of catch short run long. Right. Right. Yeah. And, you know, kind of talking about uh, the the middle of the field, I know that's something that you've been uh, very adamant about that he's not, attacking the middle of the field um and in, in but, but, but you can you can't attack the middle of the field either if you're not threat if you're not running you know running routes right. into the middle of the field i mean it's right. just it, it, more than anything when i post those graphics up there is to show that you know they're for whatever you know not necessarily ben's fault but for whatever reason, the middle of the field, more than 20 yards or more than really in Ben's situation, more than 13 yards down the field is not being attacked. Is that, you know, and if you look at the actual tape and you look at the all 22 in a route combinations, there's not a lot of instances because look, to, to, to run a 15 yard dig, it takes a little time for that to, to, yeah. uh, to, to develop from the outside there uh, more so than, than something straight up the scene. Well, you're not going to run, you know, a straight, a straight up the, uh, the seam, uh, uh, pass, you know, 
uh, right into a, a middle of the field safety either. You know, uh, you just, I mean, you're, you're asking for trouble there. Now, uh, have there been instances where, where he has, you know, not thrown to the middle of the field more than 15 yards down the field? Yeah, but uh, uh, it, it, it's a, it, you know, it's a multi-layered situation here where it's not just been because, you know, he might drop back, you know, like in this game, 58, 58 times uh, or, or attempt 58 passes there. That doesn't mean that, you know, there were 20 instances where he could have thrown the football more than 15 yards down the field. It might have been three, you know, mm-hmm. because they're just not putting the route coming to they're not actively trying to attack that part of the field, especially when they're seeing a lot of single eye. Now, when they see uh, some, some, uh, some uh, uh, two deep situations on top of it, that, you know, they're not really attacking that either. And a lot of times what you'll see is teams will show cover one, at, you know, pre-snap, and then they'll roll the safety back uh, on, uh, you know, on, on top of it. So you really have to know what you're looking at and, 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 and be sure about some instances like that, or else you're going to run a route right into you know, a middle of the field safety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, is there any way to to improve that or address that? Or is that just a product of where Ben is currently at in his career and the status of the offensive line? Or, I mean, is there any antidote to the way defenses are playing this offense other than the running game getting going? But is there anything that they can manipulate within that passing attack to to overcome that? Well, yeah, if you run the football and you start getting getting teams to be more conscious that you are a threat to 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 run the football, then once again you get into more uh, unpredictable down and distances there and that can tend to maybe open up sort of your 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 middle your intermediate uh, middle of the field passes there. Uh, uh, you know, they've been trying to run some, you know, some, some, I, I personally think they need to start trying to run, uh, even a heavier menu of, of like some RPO type stuff, uh, run pass option type stuff. And, and if they, you know, if you block it up, if you get the right numbers in the box there and you run it and you block it up good, you should have four or five yards in the, at, at a minimum in those situ- situations there. Uh, also in, in RPO, if you put the right player in conflict, knowing, uh, knowing, you know, knowing. Uh, to, to when to throw in those situations, you know, on, on, on a short uh, slant, or if you get the numbers on the outside with, with, with uh, the, the, the smoke screen uh, as part of the RPO, you throw it out there and hope the guy can break the tackle on the outside and get you five yards that way there. Now, the, the bad thing about RPOs is there's not a lot of deep elements really put in, in into an RPO offense there. So I think they're going to have to have, uh, kind of a check with me type situation. If they get a certain look, mm-hmm. uh, at, you know, uh, and might have an R, you know, an RPO called there, then you have to be able to have the ability to check out of it. Uh, it it's not going to be any different though. And it hasn't been any different for years. It, 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 if Ben hits three or four passes or gets a pass interference called down the field against the cover one luck, basically outside the numbers there, that's how the, this offense gets chunks, and that's usually, you know, they're able to manipulate, maybe possibly get some points in the end zone. Uh, and really, if you look at a lot of Ben's touchdowns over the years, it's it's kind of feast or famine. It's like 20 yards or more, or it's a shovel pass you know, <laughs> uh, uh, inside the red zone situation there. I, I, at this point of Ben's career, I, I, I just don't think that's going to change. So uh, their best bet is to figure out this run game in a hurry 
and build off of aspects of the run game with RPOs. And look, they, they, you know, that they're, they're, you're probably going to see a lot more of Najee Harris, you know, some of these uh, passes out of the backfield, those, those kind of things there. But because, you know, Ben just does not have the, 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 the mobility that he once had, and they don't want him sitting back there uh, a, a lot of times, you know, even in match protection situations, we saw this past week, they're giving, you know, it, it, it's not enough time for him to, to do anything with, you know, and, and he's still taking these hits and you cannot let him at his age right now, take the kind of hits that he's taking or else it's not going to last too much longer. So, you know, do you run into situation where you try to build concepts, uh, hoping you can block them up. Right. And if it, it, the least amount of pressure, then it, it, it turns into Ben trying to force the ball underneath to, 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 you know, to, to another player there. So, uh, it, it's, it's not looking good right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I've, I've heard you say on the terrible podcast before that Ben likes his receivers college open and, uh, you know, his game has always been predicated on, you know, Sandlot football. He's never been a rhythmic quarterback. My hope with him coming into the season with a strong running game that he could play within a system. And I know Matt Canada, um, at least, in theory and from what we've heard from his uh, tenure at, at, you know, in the collegiate level that he did have a schematic, he had a scheme, he had a game plan. How much of this, uh, I guess, discord on offense is a result of Ben not being able to play Sandlot football because really he just doesn't have the, the physical ability to do it anymore and him trying to fit into a scheme which he's never been that quarterback. Do you think that that could be contributing to what's happening on the offensive side of the football? Well, here's the thing too. They, I mean, what all do we really know about Matt Canada, Canada's offense at, at, at this point just yet? Because they haven't been able to stay on the field a lot enough to get into any kind of rhythmic situation right. uh, uh, where you can see, you know, really more sustained drives. And and look, you know, there's a whole all this about the you know the best ask the best shot that we really got a, a look at, at at some of the things that Matt Canada can do offensively was was really kind of on the juju uh, touchdown run a couple of weeks ago there where you had to kind of the pre-shift, you know, pre, pre, pre-snap motions and shifts and, and those kind of elements there. Well, none of that, if you're not, if, if you're, if, if you don't have any threat of a running game and you have to start passing a lot in games, well, it takes the element of the, of, of the pre-snap motion and shifts and all out of that because it, teams are just not going to respect that. And that's what we've had so far with the Steelers offense. And that's why they're, they're, you know, their motion and motion numbers and all like that are, are not where people think they should be because they have to, they have to basically just dump that uh, because of the running game, not working and, and, and really having to get into more of a, uh, you know, every down type passing situation to, to even get the football moved uh, right. at, at this point. So there's a lot of things that I'm sure Matt Canna would like to try to do more of that. He hasn't been able to, because, the offense can't stay on the football field, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, and I mean, if, if you, if you're first down and, and, and you gain a yard or two yards or God forbid you lose two yards, well, then you're off script. You're behind the chains. You know, you have to, uh, and then you get into a lot of the third and third down situations. Then obviously in this game against the Bengals, I mean, look at the penalties that you had there. And then you get in third and 13 situations and you're running four verticals right to the sticks. 
you know, yeah. uh, uh, just to, and then you, you get, you know, you get sacked in, a, in, in that situation and it's just not good. So there's a lot of things that, that we, I mean, look, we're only three games into the season right now. There's a lot of elements of Matt Canada's offense that, that I, you know, I, I'm willing to bet he hasn't been able to run because they just don't have any offensive rhythm to and, and can't stay on the field. And yeah. the one, the one drive that we saw, you know, the touchdown drive against the Bengals, uh, just the other day, I mean, it, 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 it a 15 play drive. And quite honestly, that might've been the best dink and dunk touchdown drive that Ben Roethlisberger has had in his career. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I felt like that looked more like uh 2020 Ben than it did Matt Canada offense on that drive there. Um, you know, I, I didn't look anything out of the ordinary, but you know, not playing with the lead too, I'm sure factors into that as well. Kind of shifting gears a bit, Dave, um, just looking at that tight end room. Um, in terms of Eric Ebron, at this point, I don't know what value he brings to this team other than it's a third down and long. Ben hits him perfectly in the hands. He drops the ball or he's in the end zone. I know that would have been a difficult catch against the Bengals, but he drops it. But you need players to make big plays. Again, I don't know what value he brings. Um, I think it's time to give Freyer Muth exclusively those snaps. I know that Ebron outsnapped uh, Freyer Muth in, in this this contest, but is there any possibility that they move Ebron off the roster, pull up a, a Kevin Raider, and just try something different? Because it, it's what value does he add at this point, other than frustration and a morale killer, thinking that oh yeah, he's going to come down with this conversion on a third nine, he drops the ball. Well, look, way back when when Ebron was signed last year, I uh, the initial comment that I put out on Twitter was, "I hope they put his hands in a stretcher." Because uh, <laughs> uh, look, I mean, it, it, you can tell real quick people that watch tape and people that don't watch tape, and mm. people say, "Oh, man, you're negative. You don't like any signing, whatever." Well, I've watched the tape on him. The the, the mo on him is, yeah, I mean, he, he came off a good season, caught I don't know what was it, fifty whatever balls had had eight red zone touchdown, nine red zone touchdown. I forget the exact numbers on that, but he drops a lot of footballs he drops a lot of footballs in key moments he's not he, he's he is what he is he, he wasn't a good blocker in college he's not a, a good blocker at the nfl level he has shown some degree of want to in some instances but i mean it's it's, it's not it's not who he is it's not you know the, the Tigers not going to change his stripes in this right. situation uh, uh, either. So either you're going to put him out there in two tight end situations where you can look across the field and say, okay, we, uh, we have a, uh, uh, you know, we have a 12 personnel grouping out there. One, one running back, two tight ends, and they're matching it with uh, a heavy package. Well, let's do something like the, like the Patriots used to do and, and kind of flex the, you know, kind, kind of spread them out and try to see if we can't get a matchup either with Ebron on, on, on a linebacker or a safety uh, or, or fire moved in that situation. Or even if you wanted to put, you know, to, 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 to uh, flex out Najee in those situations and, and maybe get him on a choice route with a linebacker or something along those lines there. Uh, you're, uh, you know, other than that, I mean, you don't want, you don't want Ebron on the end of the line of scrimmage, you know, uh, in, in a one tight end situation, being your blocking tight end and, and teams know that. Uh, at, at this point as well, too. Now, the question is, can you move on from them? Sure, you can cut anybody you want to at this point. Uh, but, uh, you know, you, you restructured this contract in the offseason uh, there. Uh, you know, you're, 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 you're going to pay for them one way or the other. Uh, what happens if if, if, if Friermuth goes down, you know? Uh, you know That's a good point. 
you know, you, you don't just cut, you don't just cut decent players just, just, just to cut them, mm-hmm. especially in, in the NFL, because, you know, God forbid something happened to Farmouth, you know, who, who's, who's going right. to be a receiving tight end threat. Look, I, I think Kevin Rader, uh, did some good things as a blocker, but he is, he is what he is. You know, mm-hmm. his, his upside is, is, is his upside at this point, which really is just kind of a, you know, a, a blocking tight end that might, that can give you some, give you some, uh, give you some special team snaps. Gentry, Gentry's, you know, uh, th- this is probably going to be it for, for Zach Gentry as well, too. He showed some, he showed some improvement in his blocking during the preseason there, but uh, he is what he is at this right. point you know, right. as well there too. So, uh, I get the consternation with consternation with, when it comes to a guy like Eric Ebron, but you know, I, I think it, you know, he really would have to get real disinterested in, in a hurry. And then obviously if he gets disinterested in a real hurry, that means your season is probably gone South, uh, uh, too far anyway. Uh, and, and in other words, I, I don't see this team moving on for him, at least not, not in the next several weeks. Uh, as, as long as the Steelers are viable or, or, or deemed competing. Right. Right. Yeah. I just, uh, you know, it's just so frustrating to see him targeted, you know, uh, on some of these critical downs and, you know, the, the continued drop passes carrying over from last year. Um, you know, just <laughs> it, to me, he's just a body. I get it. You know, they're, they're, pay, they're paying his contract. If there's an injury in frame route does go down, at least they have a body, <laughs> Um, but man, he, he's just gotta be better. I, I, and I, I hate to, to, to pounce on a guy, but you know, he really needs to elevate his game in terms of that offensive line. We know that they're young. Trey Turner's probably the most experienced guy on that line, obviously with his history in Carolina, the core four started a few games last year. Um, but can, can these guys get better? Can Kendrick green, can Dan Moore, can Kevin Dotson get better? Um, and if they can, I guess, what does that process of growth look like to improvement and will it be incremental or will it be sudden? Um, or do you think that it can't happen? I, I mean, you, after three games, I don't think you can in, in the preseason, I don't think you can sit here and throw the babies out with the bathwater just yet. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, look, you got uh, uh, both of them are rookies coming into into the league and it's it's tough nowadays for, for rookies to come in, especially on the offensive line and not having and look, even in Kendrick Green's situation, you know, he started what four or five games at, at, at center in Illinois. He's still learning the the, uh, the intricacies of the of the center position and 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 line calls and you know a lot of people don't realize that you know ben ben uh you know ben had pouncy for all those years pouncy knew exactly you know uh ben didn't have to worry about setting protections on a lot of things because pouncy was able to do that because they worked together so long and, right. and they knew what to expect uh, and now ben is in the situation do i you know uh, uh, of having that on his plate on top of it. And so there's little intricacies that, that, that we don't even know about that, that, you know, uh, that, that go into play in that position. So it, it really is going to be a tough growth process on, on, on Kinder green and man, have we seen it? I mean, the, uh, he is, I mean, he really has struggled in his first three games overall. And, and look, you look at the running game and yeah, you can go around the NFL and pull up all the, the all 22 tape from every game and look at runs and say, man, if not for this one block, 
uh, they would, this one would have cracked for four, five, eight, 12, 20 yards, something along those lines there. The problem is when you look at the Steelers tape, it seems to be happening almost every play, you know, where it's the one guy. Uh, so, I mean, it, it the, you know, first and foremost, every kid that I think comes into the NFL after the first season, you know, the, generally the MO is on, on them. They got to get stronger. Period. You know, that, that's the first aspect of it. They need to understand football conditioning at, in, in the NFL level and the rigors that go along with it. Uh, you know, we're not going to really be able to, I don't think, make a good assessment on guys like Dan Moore and Kendra Green until we get to their second seasons. Mm-hmm. And that means there's going to be a lot of growing pains uh, for those guys throughout this season. And Great. And, <laughs> you know, and, and that's not what you need when you have a quarterback, yeah. uh, like, like, like Ben Roethlisberger is right now. Yeah. Look, you even have, uh, you know, Kevin Dodson. I, I had, uh, if there's one kid on that offensive line that I felt really kind of decent about heading into this, this season, it was Kevin Dodson, but he hasn't played extremely well. Look, he, mm-hmm. uh, that, 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 uh, missed touchdown to, uh, to, to Claypool in the end zone you know, later in the game against the Bengals there just the other day there, he's got to be able to pick up that stunt a little bit better and, and, and keep DJ reader, uh, out of, you know, uh, keep, keep DJ reader's helmet out of Ben Roethlisberger's chest. Uh, if he does that, maybe Ben doesn't rush that throw as much. And, you know, maybe, maybe that's a touchdown and who, who knows how that maybe changes the, the overall complexion of, uh, of the game at that, at that point there. So it's little things like that, that even a second year guy now, look, remember that, that this offensive line technically didn't in its current form with the core four and, and uh, at right tackle and with, uh, uh, with Dan Moore at left tackle. I mean, how many snaps did that group uh, take together during the preseason? None. None. Yeah. None, you know, uh, in in that current configuration. Mm -hmm. Now, all of a sudden you want two rookies to come in there and play like they've been in the league for three or four years. Yeah. It's very, very tough to do. So, uh, you know, there's going to be more negative talk about both those two before there's going to be positive. But I mean, you have to look at it like on a game by game situation. You can't just say, Oh, he sucks. They need another center. They need to, they need to move him to guard next year and all like that. I mean, we're learning about these guys every game. And, you know, I don't think we're going to really have a good understanding about who, the, especially those younger guys are until we get into maybe second, third game of the, uh, uh, of the 2022 season. Mm-hmm. So with, with that, with that said, Dave, you know, knowing that it's going to be a work in progress with a lot of these guys, you know, especially on the offensive side of the football with as many rookies as you have in starting positions, not just on the offensive line, but essentially Pat Freyermuth is the starting tight end. Najee Harris at running back for as exemplary as he was at Alabama you know, can these guys do enough to to get this season pointed back in a positive direction? And I know it's only been three games, um, but, you know, to look at, you know, all the uh, the the spin and the talk on the season right now that they're going to they'd be lucky to win three games. And understandably, I could see where that's coming from. But is there enough talent within those rookies? experience and talent within the veterans that are on this team offensively and defensively that they can turn this team around to at least compete for a wild card spot? Or do you think that 
this is going to be an ugly end to the Roethlisberger era in that Super Bowl window that was open for so many years. I had this team at nine and eight, and because I I, I thought that the AFC North would just be a you know them beating the the snot out of each other. Uh, I thought nine, 10 wins uh, might win the AFC North. I still kind of think that, I mean, mm-hmm. look, yeah, Baltimore had some issues with Detroit the other day. They still yeah. won the game, you know, they, they should have won with that, that well, penalty that there should have been called a penalty. Yeah. You know what they call almost losing though. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If, 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 nuts were candy or <laughs> right. I'm on the show. Right. They, they yeah. call almost losing winning and, right. and then they won that game, you know, and that's all that matters. You know, there, there's no style points for beating the snot out of Detroit. You just got to win the game. Right. Uh, but I, I still think that there's enough issues in and, and we'll have to see you know what, 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 what Cleveland does still. I haven't got a good, good read overall on them yet. Uh, I, I don't think, I think the Bengals are, are, are maybe a six or seven win team when, 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 the, when the, when the dust settles there, obviously I thought that you know, the Bengals game was one that I had penciled in or really both of the Bengals games that I thought, you know, the Steelers should win to get to the nine win uh, category, obviously had the, the first two games flopped uh, or flipped. I had, uh, I had them losing to the bills and beating the Raiders uh, there. Uh, you know, green Bay on the road. That's a tough chore uh, for, for sure. Yeah. And, and, and what, who, who really is Denver? Do we really know who Denver is, is yet? And then, you know, Seattle obviously has an offense that can threaten and, 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 and score some points there. This Steelers, team if they're going to compete in all and at least get to the nine win uh, mark it's got to be because of the defense is playing and you know playing really really well in a lot of these games uh if they don't if they i mean right now we're talking about a steelers defense that has an adjusted net yard for passing attempt number over seven that is unacceptable i mean there's no way this team can win nine games with an adjusted net yards for passing attempt number of over seven and a uh offensive adjusted net yards pass uh per passing attempt number at, at below six and it's at f- five even now so you've got a differential of almost you know right right around two at that point that you just it, history tells you you just it can't win in today's NFL that way. So uh, here they are one and two right now. I mean, uh, any anybody with with you know with their last dollar would probably put it on 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 the Packers this week and 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 rightfully so there. So let's say you go to one and three uh, this this week. I mean. This, this the back end of this schedule for this team is tough. Yeah, so brutal. Uh, I think they have to get to at least nine wins to maybe get a wild card spot. And oof, it, I'm, <laughs> it, 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 you know, it's, it's hard to see that right now. To be yeah. honest with you, now look, the NFL changes weekly, right? right? I mean, one team can get annihilated by injuries. Uh, two teams in your division could get a, lose both their quarterbacks, and that really changes the complexion of things, right? But I mean, if things stay the same, the same right now, it is kind of tough to see this team winning nine yeah. games in total. I think. Yeah, I mean, one way to look at it is: can it get any worse? <laughs> can it get any worse for the Steelers? And and if this is rock bottom for this team this season in the 2021 season, then maybe they've got it out of their system and, you know, they could start stacking some wins, but it's going to be difficult 
you know, traveling to Lambeau Field uh, against Green Bay. And then even the week after at home against Den- Denver, they're undefeated. I'm sure some of that is smoke and mirrors, uh, but it's definitely not going to be an easy road. But, uh, Dave, I really appreciate you, you, you coming on and, and talking. I feel like every time I talk to you, I learn something new. Um, and, and listeners, go to SteelersDepot.com. It is the spot for your Steelers news. Uh, I mean, the, the amount of content and quality content every day is, is just incredible. And uh, Dave, your Twitter handle handle is at Steelers Depot. That, that is correct. And people okay, are probably so, not going to want to have me back all this doom and gloom I've, I've shared with you today. Probably <laughs> not going to. But look, we, we look, uh, every game is a different game, Jeremy. Right. So uh, you, you have to look at it that way. You can't look too far ahead uh, overall. I try to shy away of that. I try to look at what happened just this week. Like right now, I'm cracking open the tape tonight on, on the Packers and learning a lot more about the Packers and, and what the Steelers are going to face this week there. And, you know, we break down every game, win or lose, and try to do so as, as objective as possible. Well, hey, and that's why I enjoy your site. And uh, I know a lot of my friends, uh, again, Steelers Depot is great. And uh, Dave, hopefully, you know, we the Steelers somehow find a way to get the win uh, this weekend. They surprised us all in Buffalo week one. Uh, they disappointed us the last two weeks. So maybe they just flipped the script on us and, uh, you know, they, they score one in Lambeau. But uh, as always, Dave, appreciate your time and uh, – you know, I hope you have a, a great week and, and let's go Steelers. All right. God bless you. And, uh, hope, you know, like you said, you know, any, any given Sunday in the NFL, to me, there's no such thing as a trap game in the NFL. So you, you never know what's going to happen on a week to week basis. God bless you. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks, Dave. See you. I told you that was great. I guarantee you're walking away from that conversation with a lot of insight into what's going on with the team. And what what I really liked about the conversation is Dave emphasized how it's too early to pull out a, a, a fine final conclusion or a concrete conclusion on some of these rookies, especially Kendrick Green and Dan Moore, because they're growing and they're learning. And, and that really we're not going to know until the end of the season what type of caliber player the Steelers have in these two individuals. So, again... While that might not translate into wins this year, and it could be a frustrating season, hold the jury, hold the judgment with finality until we see these guys play 17 games. But Dave, if you're listening, thanks so much for coming on to the show. We appreciate it. Excuse me. And by we, I mean me. I appreciate it. And studyings, please if you haven't done so, go check out the Steelers Depot. It's www.steelersdepot.com. You could follow Dave on Twitter at Steelers Depot and his partner in crime, Alex Kazora. It's just at Alex underscore Kazora. They're a great tandem. Got a lot of respect for their work. And I hope you enjoyed that interview as much as I enjoyed leading it. And so, Studyings, early podcast gift to you this week. Again, study session still coming at you. The prediction will be in the study session on Saturday. Who knows? Maybe I'll go seven. Seven for seven this week. Hey, 
Seven for seven for seven for Big Ben. Maybe in tribute to Ben this week, I go seven for seven for seven. Maybe that'll stimulate some good luck in the cosmos so that Big Ben can regain some of his old cowboy magic and score a victory up there in Lambeau Field. Stay tuned. But anyway, studyings, my gratitude to you. Thank you so much for being a supporter of The Still Study, for listening to my work, reading my work, sharing with your family and friends. It does mean the world to me. I'd love to connect with you. Please drop me an email at thestillstudy at gmail.com and give me a follow on Twitter at stillstudy. I love you guys. I appreciate the support. And I hope you have a fantastic rest of the week. Peace.